the light of the darkest coming We are all open our eyes, we are all open our heart We are all open our mind under the same sky Not only one mean blood and land Not only one own skin color and language We have one spirit, we are one in struggle Let's raise our dream together Good afternoon everyone, my name is Marian and I'll be your host for today's webinar. Before we begin, if any of you have questions regarding the discussion, don't hesitate to send them to us by entering them in the comments section of whatever social media platform you're watching this on and I'll be here to relay them to our guest speaker. 
So let's get right on to it. Welcome to the live webinar series of esmed.ph, an e-learning marketplace for Filipino professionals, where one can develop relevant and in-demand skills through masterclasses in different fields of learning. If you want to learn more about us, feel free to visit our page at www.esmed.ph. For those who are watching this on Facebook and YouTube, feel free to share this link to the stream with people who you will be who you will think will be interested in today's topic. We are inviting everyone to join us in our live learning series where seasoned experts, such as our speaker today, in various fields from agriculture and business to marketing to future thinking to relationships to health and fitness and more, help you develop your skills and advance both in your personal life and your career. If you're interested in learning more about the live learning series, head on over to our website. Again, it's www.esmed.ph and click on the live learning tab. We hope you can join us. This webinar is in partnership with the ASEAN Youth Organization, an ASEAN-approved nonprofit organization that spreads awareness of ASEAN to over 200 million young people in Southeast Asia. This webinar is also brought to you by the Rotary and Rotaract Club of Alabang Madrigal Business Park. So I'll give you a little bit more information about our webinar today. Our topic is all about the basics of emission accounting. Today, we are going through a fast-paced life. Without us being fully aware of it, our actions often leave a huge carbon footprint. These are footprints that we don't see, but the impact it has on our society and our planet, ecological system as a whole, are definitely evident. The question is, how can we measure our climate impact? not only at home, but in our office, workplaces, or wherever we are. How can we make ourselves accountable for what we are doing to the environment? And what can ordinary people like us do to conserve and lessen our impact on the environment? The answer lies in emissions accounting, which our guest is an expert of. The guest is a PRC-registered and licensed chemist from the University of the Philippines. He gained his master's degree in renewable energy and resource management from the University of South Wales and completed a program on leadership and project management for development at the Asian Institute of Management. He has been the strategic planning officer for the Oxychem Corporation, International Business Development Officer for Solar Corporation, Sustainability Analyst for ADEC Innovations, and Associate Consultant for Sustainability for GCSS Incorporated, aside from volunteering in various organizations, of course. Not only is he a chemist, he is also an associate member of Energy Institute and a climate reality leader of the Climate Reality Project. He is an expert in renewable energy technology, hydrogen and advanced energy research, waste management practices, strategic planning, vlogging, and podcasting, among others. Ladies and gentlemen, let us all welcome our speaker, Mr. Jonas Marie Dundo. Oh, sir, I think you're muted. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that was um, thank you for having me. Um, and well, I, I'm pleased to uh, share a bit of um, what I do actually at work uh, for GCSS, which is emissions accounting. But uh, for those who may be you know, skeptical about the term accounting, we will not be doing uh, you know anything related to business math or accounting today. It's more of like an introduction to 
how emissions are uh, determined, how the emissions are calculated, uh, and then if you want to know more, then you can just we can uh, have a, this conversation after this uh, webinar. So before anything else, I'd like to well, I've been introduced earlier by the host, and thank you for that. Um, but uh, to give some detail about it, so what my field is is more of um, yeah, we're in the, in the field of resource management, in the field of sustainability, renewables, and chemistry um, as part of my background. So um, I took my master's yeah, in the UK um, for renewable energy and resource management, and it's been um, useful for me to help shape up our discussion today when it comes to emissions. But before anything else, why are we really talking about emissions in the first place? We need to look at emissions first in the context of uh, ourselves. Why are we having this this conversation on emissions? Because emissions is a direct uh, impact driver of climate change. And if you look at this, this um, radar map of, what was this? Um, I think this was a uh, no. This was um, shoot. <laughs> I forgot now. This was Yolanda, I believe. Oh no, no, not Yolanda. Um, in the one before, uh, actually before Yolanda. But um, as you may know, Philip the Philippines can get a lot of um, typhoons in a year. Uh, the trend actually is decreasing in terms of the number of storms but increasing in, free, in increasing in intensity in the number of storms and as a result you know we are dealing more than just that right now um, like last year with Raleigh and Ulysses we really got hard I mean we really got hit hard and um, really affected our livelihoods and it's still impacting to this day I mean if you go to your local supermarket or if your local um, uh, local market, public market, uh, you'd still see that the prices of uh, goods are still higher. And uh, one contributing factor other than the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, is uh, climate change. So um, climate change is also a problem that needs to be looked at in terms of sustainable development. And I'd like to give you the definition of sustainable development, which is the development that needs, meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. What it means is that um, we should consume what we need and not consume more than what we need. Otherwise, we're robbing that, that resource for um, future generations. And one way you could also look at how... Uh, we could save up on the resources actually through the lessening of emissions. And it is predicted that if we don't do anything by 2050, if you look at um, this blue uh, bar graph here, you'd see that uh, if we don't do anything, um, or actually we, we become aggressive in the use of fossil fuels or uh, resources that are non-renewable in nature, then 
uh, we will definitely see an increase in uh, greenhouse gas emissions by around 2050. And as a result, with the warming of, uh, with the increase of greenhouse gases, we're also going to expect a high uh, temperature range uh, from between now and 2100. So what does it mean? Right now, the temperature outside probably would be around 26, 27, 28 degrees Celsius. By 2100, you're going to have to add four degrees to that in a given day. And that's probably like January, February, March when it's it's really, really uh, supposedly you know, cold. But uh, add if you put it up into like the summer months, like June, July, where the temperatures could go like right now, about 35-ish. So if you add four degrees to that, you might want to say goodbye to just going outside during the day. And there is a model that was um, published in a paper. No, I forgot the, the source of this, but um, what the graph actually means is that if we don't do anything by 2100, you could expect a temperature change here in the Philippines by about four something degrees Celsius. And that's not good uh, because it also reflects um, with the global average one and two because you know at, at an increase of four degrees during the summer it's going to be really really hot uh, the nature conservancy in 2018 cited uh, these impacts by 2050 if you don't do anything uh, if we look at let's say energy footprint if we don't do anything um, then, uh, you know, it, we'd, we'd be consuming uh, more energy per hectare, actually. But, if, I mean, yeah. And then if you look at uh, water security, we're going to be have, we're going to have a scarcity in water. And uh, we're going to have an increase in temperature, increase in atmospheric CO2. We'll be exposed to more air pollutants. So if you're allergic to, like, specific kinds of um, air pollutants, then it may not be for you by the time we get to around 2100 or 2050. And Global Business has actually looked at this in uh, an overall sense. And this was from the World Economic Forum. And if you look at the top five global risk in terms of likelihood and impact, they always, uh, they've cited that it's more of the climate, extreme weather, climate action failure, natural disasters for likelihood. And for impact, climate action failure or the failure for by us to do anything, um, then, yeah, uh, we fail, we, we, all, we all will fail, basically. Which comes now to um, emissions accounting. So the basis of emissions accounting are these three documents. The first is the greenhouse gas protocol, um, which is really like the global standard when you try to determine emissions. And then you use the ISO 14064 if you're more of um, an industrial or a commercial um, type of 
person, no? if you have a company and you want to determine emissions and you want to certify those emissions, you look into this this pro this ISO. And then you also have uh, like the emissions factors that come from the IPCC report or the Intergovernmental Planet Panel on Climate Change from the United Nations. Now, according to the IPCC, uh, sorry, according to the GHG protocol, you need to do these six things in order for you to be successful in your um, greenhouse gas accounting. But in the in the residential sense, it's more of a greenhouse gas emissions at home, you can stop here at step four, calculate and analyze. So uh, one by one, if we're gonna do it um, at home, we need to set first, what are we going to measure? Um, is it just uh, one person doing, I mean, one person's output or is it like the whole family output? That's, that's the first thing you need to think about. And is it just one house? Or if you have more than one house, do you measure more than one house? Then that's also something you need to think about. Next is you need to identify where your emissions are coming from. So later I'll be explaining this further. Then you collect and organize the data and then you calculate and analyze. So from, from there, you could then see, okay, where am I wasteful, basically, in terms of emissions. Now, um, emissions are, def uh, are usually defined by th this kind of approach, of the three scopes. So when you say scope one, it's more of the ones that you use you know, directly. So if you uh, have a car, uh, and you you know you use it every day that you you could consider that as part of your scope one emissions your scope two emissions are indirect emissions you did not produce that kind of um, energy but you use it every day and what we usually do here is to determine it through your electricity use and then lastly um, scope three are the uh, scope I mean are the emission sources that come from like indirect sources and you don't usually um, have an impact. So for example, if you're commuting every day um, through different routes, like uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays, you use your, uh, you, you take the MRT, Wednesday, Thursdays, you take the bus. So those are not, uh, the, your, not your usual emissions. But uh, you need to do it. I mean, you could. Uh, you, need, you do. You use them every day. Sorry. So, but this is just an illustration of how business would see see uh, the three scopes. But from there, if you've already determined uh, that, if you've already gotten the data, then you need to look at an emission factor database, and this is one. Emission. I mean, this is one way you could look at it through the Emission Factor Database of, IT, of the IPCC. So they have a tool or a website that you could you could just search um, on the conversion factors that you'll need to convert, for example, the amount of fuel that you've consumed for a particular day, month, or year, and uh, and multiply it with the conversion factor that they have. So. Uh, the reason why there is a database is because um, there are instances that uh, the emission factors for one country may not be applicable for the other. 
or if they have like an overall global emissions that you could use, that would be like the simplest you can do. But uh, in some ways, it's not really that accurate. So if you have like a, a national-based emissions uh, factor or conversion factor, then yeah, you could uh, refer to that database as well. Now, another way you could approach uh, emissions is actually through what we call the six Kyoto Protocol gases. And mostly, when you look at uh, residential emissions, it's mostly these three uh, that you look at. Your CO2 output, your methane output, and your uh, nitrous oxide output. And these are the ones that uh, are usually calculated when you have a car or if you have a generator. And if you have emissions that have methane on it, and if you have meth um, emissions that have nitrous oxide on it, you have to account for them as well and add it to your CO2 count. And uh, one way you do it is also through a, a series of conversion factors. And this one, um, I, if you look at this one, so you, whatever you had in methane, basically, you multiply it with these factors right here at the last side and then um, add it to your carbon dioxide. Now, um, I've, get, I've been asked this question before. Uh, how can we, I mean, it's so complicated with, with greenhouse gas emissions. How can you make it simpler? So uh, one way that I've that we've done before in a previous uh, in one of my previous companies uh, that I've worked with is to turn it into number of trees. So this article from um, UNEP says that 95 metric tons per hectare per uh, per hectare per year could be um, your conversion factor. If you have uh, something in, kilo, in, in kilograms or tons, metric ton CO2 equivalent, then you can convert, uh, you can multiply it with this value and then you could, or yeah, no, 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 not multiply. You divide it with this value and then you could get an approximate number of trees. Another factor also you could do uh, per, like a, not per hectare, but a per tree basis. And what they rec what's recommended in this paper is, um, you divide the amount of emissions by 76 kilograms per tree, which is actually quite a useful number. And lastly, um, local in your um, in your determining of how many trees, there is this paper, or there are actually a series of papers on how to determine carbon sequestration from different kinds of trees that are found in the Philippines. And uh, you could use these numbers, I guess, to um convert it convert your um, carbon footprint to a number of trees per hectare uh per year so um which is great because yeah our philippine forest cover is decreasing you know overall since 1988 but uh you know if you become more mindful of the number of trees you plant based on the emissions that you you've um, calculated per year then you yeah you could relate it to there and then if you want to start planting those number of trees then you may do so so uh, yeah that that um, ends my presentation and um, I'm open for questions
Thank you for that, um, Jonas. Uh, again, to the people who are watching, please just send us your questions and I'll relay them to Jonas and, you know, let's make this a conversation. But actually, I've prepared um, some questions where you're ready. Earlier, I mentioned that you have extra um, things going on. You've been logging and podcasting. Very interesting. So, um, the question is, how can you use these mediums, so vlogging and podcasting, you know, to inform the public about their impact on climate? Because I think it was very much reiterated that, you know, we have such a big carbon footprint, like each of us. So I think um, people can really, like, people really need to be educated about this. Yeah. So there are actually a lot of podcasters that are talk talking about not just emissions, but also waste, uh, your energy consumption, your energy efficiency. Uh, those are factors that contribute to emissions. And it's something that um, people should be really aware of um, in your everyday basis, especially now, because like I said, climate change became a great issue as part of COVID-19. Um, you wouldn't a lot of people are saying that COVID-19 wouldn't happen if we didn't have climate change. And to a certain extent, I would agree um, because future future diseases will come out because our climate became warmer. Because, you know, like if there were like old bacteria that uh, were frozen in time you know, because mm, were, yes. conditions are not good and then you make things warmer, then, you know, they would be happy to grow themselves and you know spread out across the world. It's kind of like Ebola. Actually, the the best, the most. I guess it's more appropriate to use the Ebola analogy way back in the 2010s uh, when we talk about climate change because um, it really spread. Um, also, well, COVID-19 also, um, but a lot of people will say because it. Um, of something else. No, I will not mention here that's what that, what that something else is. But the, um, if you think about the common cold or the flu, it spread um, faster through um, you know, the temperatures that are more conducive to having the common cold. You know, it's not really extreme cold or extreme warm, but like it's just right. So um, when that just right temperature comes in then a lot of people are going to catch cold and it's if if, if that that uh, just right temperature becomes more frequent and and yeah then we we um we would have more cases not just like covid 19 but also like we have the common cold and uh, a lot of people will definitely get sick so yeah, so um, going back to the podcast thing, so there, uh, there's a there's a lot, of, there's a wide range of topics on Spotify that are tackling about it. So uh, you could just have a search and choose which one you like because well, each one has its own way of of uh, sharing their thoughts. Some of them could be too technical and you know. The boring stuff. It also is to be too entertaining and may not be you know, the, the message is lost. 
but uh, yeah, it's really just up to you uh, which one would you be more that um, more yeah more attentive and more excited to to listen to. Yeah, I think um, vlogging and podcasting is a are very good mediums because you know when you're listening to a podcast, you can like do anything like hands free, and mm. you're also being educated at the same time. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, what mm. Spotify is, um, people in Spotify are doing. Um, I have a, another question. I think one of the things that really struck me most about uh, what you mentioned earlier is that if we don't do anything about our situation right now. In 2050, um, the 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 Earth is just gonna get warmer. Practically, like things are just gonna get worse. So, um, I wanted to ask you, what can ordinary people like us do to lessen our environmental and climate impact every day? Because you know, of course, by then we would want something to be changed. So we have to start now. Yeah. So I always tell people three things. One, you need to know where your where where you spend things mm. so if you spend it on like your yeah uh, on like your, your gas or you spend it more on uh, your electricity then you need to uh, identify those and try to uh, think about ways to reduce those uh, so yeah it's one is really just identification second is more of investing in something that's innovative innovative so uh you know the simplest way is actually just changing your light bulbs to led <laughs> but um it could be as simple measures as let's say using um an, an extension wire that you can just plug on and off um on the source because if i remember there was there used to be a poster for Meralco that said uh if you just really unplug your your tv uh, whatever TV it is, you could actually reduce your electric energy consumption between five to ten percent. So that's already a big factor right there. Uh, and lastly, you need to go as local as possible. Um, you don't really need to go far when it comes to buying your products. Um, that is not to say that online products are great, <laughs> but. Uh, Go local is actually one way to reduce your your footprint, your carbon footprint. Yeah. I see. Okay, noted. I'm going to after this. I'm going to unplug all of our appliances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, kidding. Okay, next. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course. Uh, next question. Could you? give us a brief explanation um this is more like science like technical related can you give us an explanation of or like even just an idea of what chemists do to account for the emission and climate impact of our society on our planet oh, sorry could you repeat the question um, um well this is kind of a science related uh, mm -hmm. question so it's like really technical could maybe you could give us an idea on how scientists or chemists or people like you do to account for the emission of um like, let's say companies um we really need to ask for the data it's all data um so when we talk about uh, emissions coming from scope one so we really ask 
we really ask people how much did you consume in terms of liters of gas or liters of diesel do you have a standby generator how much did you consume from that um, and then yeah if you consume electricity that comes from our grid then we need to ask uh, how much are you consuming in a month or in a year or, um, but preferably in a year or if you, if we can get your monthly data bill, then that's all. I mean, my monthly electric bill, then that'd be great as well. And then, um, although they say it's optional, but if we can get also the, your details on how much you uh, spent on the commute, or how much did you spend trying to uh, go on a, um, a vacation, for example, to places like Tagaytay or to Clark or whatever, uh, um, using you know third-party transport like buses um, um, what else they want to go out like planes trains etc so we usually get that information and what we do is that cal we calculate based on um, yeah the, the the emission stand or the conversion factors that are provided by international organizations and then we total them up and then come up with a number um with your total number of emissions i mean total amount of your emissions mm -hmm. and then like you said earlier um some companies would try to do something about that by planting trees right uh no what i'm trying i was trying to explain there is that you can simplify your um contribution to mm. to the carbon footprint, the global carbon footprint, by estimating the number of trees that you would have planted if you if you uh, did not uh, do all I of see. that. Yes. So, um, so yeah, like in a, if you consume let's say one hundred kilograms of um, CO two, then you know if you divide that by the seventy six kilograms per tree, then you would have around 1.25 trees basically uh that would be your equivalent of co2 sometimes mm -hmm. the number the co2 number um that would be calculated it's sometimes a big number a scary number so a lot of people don't really relate so you relate it to something else and one way you could relate it to something else uh, based on what i've shown earlier is you know mm -hmm. the number of you planted in um to account for the, your your carbon footprint i see um going back to our conversation earlier about you know you vlogging or uh, doing podcasts to get the message out um i think media consumption is like crazy nowadays especially that everyone's home so i wanted to ask you what do you think is like the single most powerful statement that you know will get people to realize the severity of the climate problem we're having now and you know it'll push them to actually do something about it and usually like you know we can like put this out through social media so people could hear it it's really that temperature change that i could you know easily point out to um imagine june uh the temperatures outside you right now probably or last year in june what 35 36 degrees celsius mm -hmm. imagine by 2050 or by 2100 it would be increased to plus four degrees 
So if let's say 35 degrees, so that'd be 40 degrees. Would you really want to go outside at 40 degrees Celsius? <laughs> Not at all. And then you also have to account for what we call the heat index uh, for like humidity. And usually in, in the Philippines, you count it as plus two degrees Celsius. So uh, in a very hot June day that's humid, <laughs> you'd get to 42 degrees Celsius. Would you really want to go outside? Would you really want to go to, you know, uh, on a hike or just walk out you know, along along the sidewalk at 42 degrees Celsius? Probably be drinking lots of water before you do that. Or you'll be burn you'll, you'll you'll be you know applying sunscreen every day sunscreen. If that's the case. you know if, if you're really um not uh sorry about that uh if you're really not okay with um with outside weather mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i think that's like um i mean now recently right the weather has been crazy it's been so hot so i can't imagine like if like it, it'll get hotter if we don't do something about it and i think yeah that that is pretty convincing you'd want to do something about it because we live in such a tropical country if it gets even hotter it's like that's crazy um this is actually my last question what advice do you have for the youth on the importance of the conservation of our environment and reducing reducing our climate impact you can do it at home. Mm. Uh, that's for one thing. Yeah, I, I live in a higher uh, in a condominium, mm -hmm. and um, what uh, my my mother started here is like an urban garden on the terrace. That's one way you can uh, help reduce CO two emissions. Secondly, you really have to be responsible about your energy use, um, fuel use. Uh, whatever you do every day so uh, it's either you reduce your consumption or you innovate or you can do both mm -hmm. and lastly yeah, you have to be mindful that uh, every person has his has his or own contribution to the global climate situation therefore yeah. uh, you have to you as a, like a global citizen you have to realize that you have you play you may have you play you may play a small role but you play a role in um turning those climate related impacts from negative to positive and uh create a better world okay thank you so much uh jonas you you gave such an insightful talk I think all of us who watched and all of us who listened to you really got something out of that. After this, we're going to plant more plants and unplug all our appliances that are unnecessary, the, the ones that we're not using. Thank you so much for, for your contribution. Uh, before we end this webinar, do you have anything else to say or do you have anything to promote whatsoever? You can feel free yeah, um, to say that. Thank you. Um, well, uh, if you, we, we actually tackled a bit about uh, the climate in our podcast, Sustainer Rumble, and I do encourage everyone to listen through Apple Podcast or uh, on Spotify. 
on the issues that we've already tackled before, and these include like misconceptions about climate change, uh, the circular economy, the, um, the uh, sachet economy, urban transport. It's, it's a really hodgepodge of topics, but the podcast is about sustainable development as an issue uh, in metro cities and actually across the country. And we hope that uh, you would have a listen and. Uh, um, uh, you'd like share and um, you know contribute to the conversation. Okay, thank you so much. We will certainly look um, into that again, guys. Hit the Spotify podcast is called Sustainer Rumble, and you can also find Jonas at his Facebook and Instagram. It's also at Sustainer Rumble. So that, with that being said, for everyone who attended this webinar, all of you can get a digital certificate of your attendance. For sure, you want to get yours. If so, just head on to our website www.smed.ph or click on the link that we posted in the comment section below. Make your account and navigate to the title of the webinar that you joined in today. So thank you guys again for um, joining us today. Before this webinar comes so close though, I would like to invite everyone who wants to learn more and increase their knowledge and skills to visit our website. Again, it's www.esmed.ph. We offer a wide range of masterclass courses, including our live learning series, those of which you enroll in based on whatever is relevant to your passion, career, and interests. We hope to see you there in our live learning series. Again, thank you, Jonas. Thank you to everyone who, who joined us today. We hope that you got something out of that. And yes, the, together we can try to save the earth. Thank you so much again.